when you don't have negative people trying to pull you down, you accelerate in your life so much more rapidly than you ever thought was possible because before you were surrounded by negativity. And when that happens and you get out of that negative funk, watch how many amazing and positive people start showing up for you. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an extraordinary guest to share with you today. Heather Monahan is a best-selling author, keynote speaker with the Harry Walker Agency, entrepreneur, and founder of Boss and Heels. Having successfully climbed the corporate ladder for nearly 20 years, Heather Monahan is one of the few women to break through the glass ceiling and claim her spot in the C-suite. As a chief revenue officer in media, Heather Monahan is a glass ceiling award winner, named one of the most influential women in radio in 2017, and Thrive Global named her a limit-breaking female founder in 2018. Heather's new book, Confidence Creator, shot to number one on Amazon's business biographies and business motivation list the first week it debuted. Heather is a confidence expert and currently is working with Fortune 500 companies and professional sports teams to develop confidence in the workplace and on the court. She's also a member of Florida International University's Advisory Council to further serve as a mentor and leader in the South Florida community. Heather and her son, Dylan, reside in Miami, Florida. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Richard. I appreciate it. Now, it's going to be a really awesome discussion. So there's so many places we could go. But what I want to start with is your background, because you, as you mentioned, or as we mentioned in the intro, you really broke through that glass ceiling, which has been so difficult for so many women. So let's start with that journey and we'll go from there. Sure. So I grew up poor. And the one thing I knew growing up was that I was not going to be poor. And that drive and initiative that I had, I started working at a very young age. I had a paper route when I was a kid. And then I worked fast food restaurants and then bus tables and then waited tables and then bartended. You know, I just, I always outworked everyone so that I could drive income for myself. I got out of college and I saw salespeople had great cars. So I thought, okay, this is something I should get into. And I went into sales immediately when I graduated and I just outworked everyone. And I was uh, given some great opportunities because of the revenue that I generated in sales. And I began to see that I needed to pitch myself for positions uh, in an advancement, not just being a salesperson any longer. So I began to pitch myself for leadership roles. And ultimately, I grabbed an equity partnership which presented a major opportunity for me at 24 years old, where I was able to take a $27 million property in Michigan and turn it into a $55 million property in under three years. And that whole experience allowed my reputation to really elevate 
as someone who can create value, create wealth for organizations. And from there, I went into corporate America and began pitching myself for jobs that didn't exist and, and getting them. It's interesting. And so you really achieved a great degree of success at a young age you know, to have that success with a $24 million to $55 million property in your early 20s was obviously quite a feather in your cap. One of the things you said to me that, that struck me was that you outworked everybody. No matter what role you were in, you worked harder than everybody else. Is that something that was taught to you, that kind of work ethic, or is that just intrinsically who you were? It was just driven by fear of being poor. I just had such a commitment to myself that I never wanted to be on food stamps. I never wanted to struggle the way that my mom had to. And I just knew that back then I didn't realize I had a lot of talents that other people didn't have. What I did know was that I could pull the lever called work harder than everyone and that would advance me. So I really leaned on that quite a bit back then. As I've gotten older and more experienced, I've realized there are so many levers I can pull. I don't, I'm not just a one-trick pony. I, you know, I don't have to outwork everyone every day now. But when I was younger, that was the one thing I really leaned on and it paid off. It definitely worked. Outstanding. And were there any particular mentors that you had early on that really helped you elevate yourself? You know, it's so funny. Last week, I went back and spoke at my high school um, when I was a kid. And I they invited me to come speak to the students um, last week. And it was the first time I went back on campus. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that my softball coach when I was a kid was really a mentor to me. The minute she, she's still there, it's crazy. And the minute she saw me, she was yet again my biggest cheerleader and talking about all of my accomplishments And I hadn't remembered it that way until I saw her. So she's someone who, when I look back now on my younger years, she was a huge advocate for me. And having someone that is in a leadership role that believes in you is so confidence building and really helped me to take some chances and advance myself in ways that I probably wouldn't have if I didn't have a cheerleader in my corner. I love that. So I want to jump forward in time a little bit. So now, you know, you're... 27-ish, you've had your your first success, and now you are essentially identifying these jobs in the corporate space that don't exist. Take us through the next transformation. So the next thing I did is I went to a publicly traded radio company, and I had to take a step back. They would not hire me at the level financially or from a title standpoint, because they said I needed to prove myself. I had worked for a privately held company, and now I was transitioning to corporate America, It was basically just an objection I wasn't able to overcome initially. I took a job that paid a lot less, much smaller role, and I killed it. And within 12 months, I had greatly exceeded every expectation, every goal that was set out for me on that day one. So I went to the president of the company and I said, I'm bored out of my mind. I have beyond exceeded the goals and expectations you had for me. I look at the company and I see there is no one individual leading the sales initiative over this entire organization, which was broken up all over from Las Vegas to Boston to Florida. There was no one unifying that messaging and team and developing a team. And I said, I'm that person to do it. And here's why it's going to benefit you. And whenever I approach any sales opportunity, which that's all this was, I'm always putting myself in that person's shoes and thinking what is of value to them, what matters to them, and how can I make them want to make this their idea? 
So inevitably, he did agree to uh, create the position VP of sales for the company. I was awarded that position. And from there, I ultimately pitched myself for executive vice president. And then ultimately, over a 14-year period, I was advanced. I pitched myself for and they created chief revenue officer. uh, And that was the final position that I held with the company. I love that. And one of the things you said that I really enjoyed hearing was... From a sales standpoint, your position was adding value. And I, I think that's something that often gets so overlooked today. So I, I was grateful to hear you share that. Would you mind expanding a little bit more on ways that you think that the audience could add value if they're not, not even necessarily in sales roles, but in other entities, perhaps even in their own relationships or as a parent? Talk to us about value add because I know that's huge for you. So... Everyone is in a sales role. And the, you know, if you are in a research position, you're still in a sales role. If you are a stay-at-home mom, you are in a sales role. In every exchange, somebody is sold or someone is not sold, whether that means that you don't want to make dinner tonight and you want your husband to take you out for dinner, you will either sell him on that concept and idea or he will sell you on why it's a bad idea. So the more that we can start embracing that Sales is not a negative thing. It's just part of life and part of every conversation. And you can start paying attention to that skill set and how you can refine and improve it to benefit you. And a lot of that is just being aware. I had someone reach out to me yesterday on LinkedIn who is in charge of strategy, very high-level VP position for a very large technology company. And on the call, he was asking me how he could improve his presentation for all of the directors of the company. And this is a $30 billion company. So it's massive. And the first thing I said to him was, have you put yourself in their situation? And he said, no, what do you mean by that? And I said, the first thing when you go into any opportunity that you really want to perform well and you want to sit in that seat, not your seat, but their seat, and make sure you're being aware. How do they see the information that you're going to be sharing? What is important to them? What are their challenges? And what potential objections could they throw up there for you? Once you identify and write all that information down, really identifying and getting clear on your audience, if that's one person or 10 or 1,000, it doesn't matter, but get clear on who that audience is and then create those solutions ahead of time so that you don't find yourself stuck on your feet and in a position where you're ultimately going to fail and not accomplish what your goal is. You know, really work through and put the time in to practice and really understand how other people may think. What he shared with me was that he never thought of himself in a sales position. He thought of himself as a VP of strategy and whatnot. And what I was sharing with him was, no, you're a salesperson too. And you need to sell that group of really high-level directors on your concept. So what are some of the challenges? And he had this epiphany moment where he said, oh my gosh, every single person, it's a virtual meeting that they do because they have offices all around the world. He said, every single person there has a different cultural background and is approaching this meeting with completely different initiatives, challenges. And I said, what about acknowledging that in the meeting at the beginning of the meeting, just so people can know that you're empathizing with them. And the minute you start connecting and empathizing and putting yourself in other shoes, that's when you really start making some major progress for yourself and to achieve your goals and whatever conversation you're having. That's such good advice. And, and I want to shortly shift into talking about your book, but I wanted to spend a couple moments talking about 
the glass ceiling. And obviously, women have made tremendous strides, and that's amazing, but there's still work to be done. Talk to us uh, and share some advice for our female listeners about your journey and how you broke through that glass ceiling and what advice you would give others who are struggling to do the same. Sure. So a a few things. I was sexually harassed. I was bullied throughout my career and in so many different instances and occasions, different companies. And, And it happens to so many women. What I have learned is people will treat you the way that you allow them to. And when I was younger, I was petrified. I wanted to get ahead. So when people would make obnoxious comments, I would try to laugh it off because I was more afraid of someone not seeing me as a team player and a cool person on the team, where now if someone would make an obnoxious comment to me, I would say, excuse me, I will not be spoken to that way. And somebody would back right off and it would change the dialogue. So we need to start taking responsibility for what we allow for and creating boundaries from those people that are not the best people out there. And a lot of that has to do with the culture of the organization you're working with. So sometimes it can be you and and you allowing things to occur, but you also have to pick your head up and say, big picture, is this company supportive of women? Is this company somewhere that I really want to be long-term that I can see myself growing and wanting to be a part of? Or is it more of a toxic culture that is not conducive to my advancement? And if that's the case, let's start updating that resume, updating the LinkedIn profile, and stretching out to your network and letting people know that you're ready to start learning more about different companies and finding a place where you will be valued and where you will be treated well. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I want to shift because it actually, I think, really nicely segues into Confidence Creator, which is your best-selling book. So what was the impetus for you? What inspired you to write this book? I got fired. So <laughs> after, you know, that was an easy, an easy answer. So, and if people are shocked by this, I, I had just been named one of the most influential women in radio. To say that I had done a good job in 14 years of that company is an understatement. You know, during my time leading that organization, we had doubled the revenues of the company. You know, I had innovated our products that we sold. And really, we had gone through major transformation in the 14 years I was there. I had been promoted three or four times, and I was the only non family member at the C level. So I am so proud of what I did and built that company. Now, the CEO that I had reported to for the duration of my time there became ill my last year there. And he ended up having to step down and he appointed his daughter, his successor. And that's when the troubles began for me. And it's really unfortunate because so often in the Me Too era, we hear about men and you know, make sure to protect yourself from men at work. Well, this was actually the complete opposite. The minute that this woman had a position of power over me, 
the bullying was excessive. And I, I had launched a personal brand uh, previous to this about a year before, and she had made it clear she never liked it and didn't want me empowering others or supporting others. But once she became my boss, it became a huge problem. And so I, you know, I had contacted attorneys and I was looking into how can I protect myself? I did not want to leave the company. I loved what I had built. I loved my team. And you also feel scared. When you've built a lifestyle around a certain paycheck and a certain um, comfort and consistency and knowledge and expertise in what you do, the idea of just you know ripping that cord out and leaving is really scary after 14 years. So I looked at a lot of different options. And in the end, she ended up firing me and just told me my position was no longer needed. And that meant I was no longer needed either. So, you know, at that time, I had a horrible few days where I went under a weighted blanket and never wanted to come out. I felt like a loser and a failure and embarrassed. And then when I started coming to, to, you know, back to reality to say, okay, what am I going to do now? I realized no one even knew I was fired. She had tried to keep it quiet and did not want it to get out to press. So I took a very risky move, a bold move. And I put it out on my social media that I had been fired and that I was really hurting and that I needed people's help because I had never been in this situation before and I felt really scared. And it was amazing how viral that post went. It was the most successful post I've ever created in my life. How many people reached out to me to help me. And ultimately, Froggy from the Elvis Duran show tweeted at me, Heather, I've been following you, heard what happened, and I would love to help you. So I asked for one specific thing from him. I said, can you get me on the Elvis Duran show? I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but I knew I wanted to reach a larger audience. He got me on the show. And while I was on the show, Elvis said, well, Heather, obviously you're writing a book, right? And I said, well, obviously, when in fact I wasn't, you know, I I hadn't (laughs) even thought about that. So what I did was he held me accountable in that moment. And I jumped on that plane and I started Googling, how do you write a book? And and it started from there. So a phenomenal story about how your book came to light. Talk to us about the book and what people are going to learn from it. So I started writing. And at first, I was just writing about how I hated this woman because I was so angry and hurt at that time. But over the next couple of days, it started transitioning to not just about her, but about me and different low moments in my career. And then as I would write more and more, I realized I was writing about how I faced so much adversity in my career, yet I was able to turn it into confidence building moments. So then I realized I was writing about confidence. So I started researching confidence books to understand you know, my career sales and marketing. So I knew that if I'm going to launch a book, I want it to be a bestseller. And so I started researching what was out there. And I found a lot of research-driven books or a lot of preaching, telling everyone what to do. But I didn't see anyone saying, hey, here's my lowest moments and where I really failed. And here's how I bounced back from it. And I thought that would be a really unique and relatable approach to a self-help book. And it turns out it is. So I share 43 of my lowest moments in my life and in my career, you know, from getting divorced, being arrested, getting fired, being cheated on. There's so many. And how I took those really low moments and created confidence from each one of them and how the reader can too. So give us 
a few of the top tips that you would give somebody who maybe is in a low point like you were and how they might start taking the steps to bounce back? One of the first things you can do, and I did this recently with my son when he was getting bullied at school, to really shift your mindset quickly, and I guarantee you 100% this works and do this, is if you write down three things a day that you're grateful for, that's it. It's very, very simple. And the other thing that I do, and I did this specifically with my son, and I've done this with myself across my entire life, I started with my son saying, okay, what are the three things today you're grateful for? And it has to be something different every day. And it can be little like, oh, the sun was so beautiful today and I got to go for a walk outside. You know, it can be, I saw the most wonderful exchange between a baby and a mother. It doesn't matter. It's something that you caught a moment of beauty and meaningfulness that you could feel great about. And so we would write those three things down and then I would have him state, I am enough. And then after a couple of weeks of doing that, I shifted him to... I love myself. And I I progressed him in that because he was feeling really low at first when we started this. And I didn't know if the I love myself would, would be something he'd be able to take on quickly. So we went from I am enough and he got some practice with that. And then he started feeling comfortable with that. We moved to I love myself. And then I have a theme song, I love myself by Kendrick Lamar. So he and I rock out to that every morning on our way to school. And within two weeks, the bullies just kind of dissipated. They stopped bothering him because my son was carrying himself with so much confidence in the mornings and feeling so good about himself. And it was all done from within him and from within these new habits that he had acquired. And they work for everyone. They've worked for me and they will work for you as well. That's beautiful. And how old was your son when you started doing this? This is just this year. So my son's 11. So this happened this year. Pretty young. And and you notice that shift quickly. I think that's fantastic. So I, I love this gratitude journaling. And that's that's something that we hear again and again in, in the self-help world. And it absolutely works. So I, I loved hearing you share that. Give us a couple other top Heather Monahan pointers on building your confidence. Fire the villains in your life. That is one of my number one power moves that anyone can do. When you have villains in your life, whether it's your boss at work Maybe it's a coworker that gives you those really unforgiving looks like they're, you know, never, they're never supporting you or they're secretly putting you down in passive aggressive ways. Those people are either outright villains or secret sneaky villains. And if you can't fire them because it is a peer and you can't quit your job today, taking action to amend the situation, whether it be a direct conversation with that person to say, I don't appreciate it when you speak to me like that. This isn't going to work for me anymore. You know, really claiming your space and standing up for yourself is a way to fire a villain that you can't ultimately remove. But for me, firing that woman from my life that was my villain, she thought she fired me that day when in fact I fired her, allowed me to take off. And when you don't have negative people trying to pull you down, you accelerate in your life so much more rapidly than you ever thought was possible because before you were surrounded by negativity. And when that happens and you get out of that negative funk, watch how many amazing and positive people start showing up for you. I love that. Absolutely love that. Give us one more confidence booster. So words are really, really powerful. And One of the things I was in media for 20 something years. And one of the things that I learned from a strategic standpoint is the way that advertising works is through frequency. So the way that you know to go to McDonald's is because you are bombarded with messaging from McDonald's in your car, on the TV, on the radio, in billboards. 
It's you have to see a message so many times a day in order for it to resonate with you. Well, the beauty of this, when people complain about media left and right is you own and curate one platform that you can control. It costs you nothing. And that's your mind and your thoughts. So really empowering yourself with frequency to create a new dialogue within your mind, you own that platform. You can build that frequency. And seven times a day, you can say to yourself, I am smart. I am creative. I am confident. I am powerful. And if you commit to that and running that tape in your mind, saying it in your mirror, and really doing that seven times a day, you're taking the strategy that created McDonald's and made it a multi-billion dollar brand, and you're putting it to work for you. And watch how powerful that messaging gets and how quickly you start behaving differently and living as a confident person. Fantastic. And we will have the book in the show notes and then the daily helping app linked. So for anybody that wants to pick that up, encourage you to strongly do that. Uh, I want to shift and talk about what you're doing today. So how are you implementing confidence in Fortune 500 companies? And talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the journey's been so crazy because a year ago, right now, I still hadn't finished my book. I was still finishing my book. And it ended up dropping May 22nd. So I knew I don't like to... In this new space that I'm in, entrepreneurial space, it's not linear the way corporate America was. In corporate America, you know, you start as a salesperson, you become a sales manager, then you advance to VP, that, then you, know, you can see the path. It's not like that in an entrepreneurial world. So I've had to adjust. And now what I do is I look at small goals that are close. So I say, okay, a book. I'm going to give myself four months to write it. I'm going to give myself four months to self-publish it. But I never look too far beyond that because I, I could get overwhelmed and then start getting scared and then stop. So I try to just focus on what is on my plate right now. And at first, it was the book. Then when the book launched, it was, I need to get out and get the message about the book out there. Well, I've done that now and the book is picking up steam and doing well. Well, during all of this time, I had always spoken back in corporate America, but I never realized how lucrative it could be to speak as an entrepreneur and an expert out to companies because I just never thought about it. And it, it's sort of like you're so used to whatever world you live in. For me, I lived in the corporate America radio world. That was my little tiny universe that I didn't pick my head up to say, hey, I'm a great speaker. Maybe there's something else out there in the world for me. I just never thought about it. So as I've been going through this journey with the book, I started realizing one of the best ways to sell books is to go on speaking engagements. And so that led me in front of corporate entities. And I began speaking to them about the difference in their culture, their productivity, their revenue generation when they had employees that were their most confident selves because then they collaborate more. They're more creative. They take more risks. They're willing to innovate. They feel better about themselves and they have a positive environment. And that message is so fresh and new to so many companies, believe it or not, that while we all know we want confident teams and people, no one was really doing anything about it to instill it and actually take action. So it's really turned into... It's my number one revenue generator for me now, which is shocking because a year ago, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. No, I, I love the way you describe that. And in particular, the fact that the entrepreneurial journey is so nonlinear and that something can pop up and all of a sudden transform your reach and what you're doing. Awesome. 
It's so true. And, and at first that was really scary, but I'm learning to embrace it and try to get excited every day and saying, who knows what phone call I'm going to get today or tomorrow. You know, you just, you really never know. Absolutely right. Well, Heather, I have loved this discussion. Uh, we are at time, but as you know, I wrap up every episode with a single question that I ask all my guests. And that is, what is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you would love for the audience to walk away with after listening to our chat today? Dr. Richard, the most important thing I want people to walk away with is that confidence is created. It's not given. And in every moment, you are either building your confidence or you're chipping away at it. And the choice is yours. Wow. Powerful and awesome. Heather, where can people find you? So I'm on every social media platform at Heather Monahan, And my book, Confidence Creator, is on Amazon. I've got an Audible version that I narrated, which I'm really proud of. A Kindle version, paperback and hardcover. And my website, heathermonahan.com. Perfect. And for those of you in the car at the gym, we've got you covered. We'll have links to everything Heather Monahan at thedailyhelping.com as well as in the Daily Helping app. Well, Heather, I loved this conversation. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And for each and every one of you who chose to tune into this episode, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for someone else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 